Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So before I introduce you to this week's guest, we have a very special announcement from Rising Above's Vice President, Steve Chapman. So take it away, Steve. Hey, thanks, Becky. Yeah, we got a very special event just for dads called Base Camp. It's coming up October 21st through the 23rd here in Middle Tennessee. And this is a weekend just for dads. Whether you're a stepdad, foster dad, granddad, any dad raising, caring for a child with special needs, whether that's a young child or an adult child, we want to invite you to step away, kind of push pause on the craziness and the hecticness and the overwhelming life that you live on a daily basis and come away for a couple of days to rest, reconnect, and recharge at base camp. There's going to be good food, lots of fun. You're going to connect with other dads. You're going to be encouraged uh, with a word from some other, other special needs dads. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there's something for everyone. We would love for you to join us. Middle Tennessee is beautiful in October. It's going to be fantastic. You can learn more at our website, risingaboveministries.org. So we'd love for you to join us October 21st through the 23rd for Base Camp, a great time for dads with special needs kids. Thanks so much, Steve. You know, Base Camp is going to be such a phenomenal and life-changing weekend for the dads, and you don't want to miss out. So be sure to check out all of the details on the Rising Above website. My guest today is Kathy Caruso, and Kathy lives in upstate New York with her husband of almost 30 years and Nick, their adult son with autism. And we had such a great conversation and talked about the hard and challenging parts of this journey, but also how you can find hope and peace as well. So here's the conversation I had with Kathy Caruso. Hey, Kathy, it's so nice to meet you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, this is the first time we've actually ever met, ever had a conversation. I know very little about you other than you are a special needs mom like me. And so I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. My name is Kathy Caruso and my son, Nicholas, uh, is going to be 28 in September. He was diagnosed very early on, uh, about two and a half years old with a severe autism that spanned all of the spectrum, ADD, PDD, uh, OCD, Mm. all of the different uh, components of autism. And my husband and I have parented him and led him in the ways of the Lord all these years to the best of our ability. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, goodness, 28. So you've been on this journey. It's about 25 years for me, 28 for you. And, you know, I think back to those early days, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is when we were just starting down this journey towards diagnosis, there were very little resources. There was hardly anything there. And so what was it like for you, those early years, trying to get to that journey of diagnosis? I knew in my heart that something, and I was, I just became a believer. I just Mm. got to know the Lord Mm -hmm. just maybe a year prior. And I walked into battle with a terrible diagnosis for my mother-in-law. So I started to study healing and and who Jesus was. And um, I knew in my heart that something wasn't right with Nicholas. Um, He was getting reoccurring ear infections. He 
would he would speak in full sentences and then it started to drop off and he started to do a lot with his hands and rock back and forth and he would tantrum and he wouldn't sleep at night and i would take him to the pediatrician and the pediatrician would tell me that he's spoiled and combative that i was a stay-at-home mom and that mm. there was really nothing wrong that the problem was with me and oh having a shame-based nature I wanted, yeah. I took that. I wanted yeah. to believe that. No one wants to believe, but mm -hmm. you know, my friends started to see people at church, a sweet young girl from church came to me and she said, have you ever heard of autism? Mm. And I thought, no, but I'm, I'm about to. Yeah. And I took him to a local uh, agency, a uh, United Cerebral Palsy. And we started the uh, process of diag of diagnosing and my spoiled and combative child mm -hmm. uh, came up on the far end of the spectrum with developmental wow. delays, sensory disorder, uh, needed a load of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. He started to lose his motor skills, his gross motor skills, could not walk up and down the stairs. You know, he would bring one foot yeah. and then the other foot. Um, his neck muscles for some reason started to, to deteriorate and they would put him, I remember, on a board and roll him down the hallway to prompt him to keep mm -hmm. his neck up. And it was painstaking for me. And I remember mm -hmm. coming home from the diagnosis and just laying on the floor, basically curled up in a fetal position, yeah. crying and yeah. vowing that I would never smile again. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit was good to me that day. And he's been good to me ever since. And he said to me, oh, yes, you will. Yeah. And we started we started our journey of uh, 15 therapies a week. I'm grateful that even way back then, mm -hmm. there was a program that was just forming that we had become instrumental in called the Promise Program. And I renamed it God's Promises Program. And so my little sweet little two and a half year old baby was there yeah. every day, five days a week, working hard in 15 therapies and I wanted to be a helicopter and mm -hmm. be there and learn because yes. I couldn't reach my son anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't communicate with him anymore. And so um, that's how our journey began. Yeah. And so what did that do? You know, you're a young mom. You've got this precious little two and a half year old boy. What did that do to your mama's heart at that, that time, you know, of just reeling with the news of, Life is not going to look like what we thought it was going to look like. No, I didn't even process that far. I all I could mm -hmm. all I could do was just hold on to the word of God and hold on to my son and try to navigate each day, getting him the natural supports that he needed. Very early on, God was good to me that this this wasn't something I could do at home. You know, I wanted to protect him. I wanted to teach him. I wanted to wear every hat that I needed to wear for this journey. Um, but I'm grateful for the provision that that God that God made. And they do. They give you a pamphlet yeah. and they tell you, you know, your child will never do this. He'll never do that. He'll never do this. Mm -hmm. And I met the God mm -hmm. of impossible in the word. So I just started to really pray and believe. You know, there's there's a line between we accept it, but we believe that Jesus is the same one that met that man at the pool after 38 years. Mm -hmm. He's the same one that met yeah. the man in Acts who was paralyzed or disabled for 40 years. So we expect God can do anything at any time, but and mm -hmm. he meets us. 
And I just know that he put it in my heart as I started to learn and grow. He wanted me to help other people go through because back in the day, like you said, there was nothing after the promise program, (laughs) after he aged out of the promise program, I started to look, we, we started the school district and I looked at the special education programs and my little round boy didn't meet, didn't fit in these square pegs. He needed much more mm-hmm. intensive. He needed a one-to-one. He wasn't even fully toilet trained until he was seven years old. So he needed quite a bit. And God was faithful to meet us, to help us to pioneer through. And a, a school district, our school district opened up. I mean, after knocking on doors and praying and writing letters mm-hmm. that our kids need some supports because there's a whole lot of them coming up. It wasn't just Nicholas. Yeah. And a great yes. developmental primary program was birthed out of out of that journey. So we went from the promise to a year, kind of just uh, going back and forth, 40 minutes to a classroom that was supposed to be for autism, but turned into a behavioral classroom. But it ended up mm-hmm. that uh, our district opened a great program. And so we did that. And we just pressed on through the pain and the tears and the differences and finding specialists and doctors uh, went all the way. We live in upstate New York and we went all the way to Ottawa, Canada and every six weeks. And then on the opposite six weeks, we went down to Richmond, Virginia to a pediatric specialist because there was nothing here other than here, give him this or give him that medicine. And I just, my son was so sick. His belly was sick. He couldn't speak. I thought I can't, I can't do this. You know, when he smiled, my world mm-hmm. lit up. My husband, um, you know, he, he we were going through so much in those early years. My mother-in-law had been diagnosed with breast cancer. So she was fighting. My son was fighting. We had a, a small business that was suffering. I had some a lot of stuff from my past and my family. And it just felt like I was just trudging mud every single day. Mm -hmm. And my only hope and my only source of strength and peace was Jesus. And he still is. Mm. And, you know, you talked a little bit about your husband. How did he react? You know, moms and dads react so differently. You know, most of the time the mom throws herself into therapies, throws herself into, you know, getting, you know, finding whatever is available What was your experience? What was it like for your husband as, you know, sometimes the dads have a harder time coming to accepting the diagnosis. And so what was your journey? My husband, um, like I said, at that time, his business was, was struggling. It was just taking off really. His mother was dying. She lived right down the street. Here's this sick little boy who's up all night. And then there's, you know, this frantic wife who's trying to find her footing. Um, mm-hmm. my husband's very quiet. He's not emotional. Sometimes I call him Spock. I, I have all the emotions in the family. They're all mine. Um, yeah. but he yeah. remained steadfast and fearless. Um, if there was a place that we would have taken Nick without the diagnosis, we were going to go. Um, you know, I was, mm. like I said, I had a shame based nature. I was always, you know, kind of 
worried and, and ashamed of, you know, if Nick flapped in public or if he rocked or if he screamed, yeah. my husband didn't care. Mm-hmm. If there was a fair, a carnival, we traveled to Florida, we did whatever we had to do to make that child smile and to give him the life mm-hmm. that we felt we owed him that was taken from him. Yeah. And yeah. we found that roller coasters and trains and boats and all of those things made Nick real happy. So we, mm-hmm. my husband just pushed past, you know, the staring and the, and the pain. And he just embedded himself in giving Nicholas mm-hmm. a life. And that's how he handled it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful that, you know, a lot of times that's not the story that we hear. And so what a beautiful example of how you can, you can journey through this together and build a good life in spite of this diagnosis. We had a lot of struggles. Our marriage suffered greatly. Um, We, you know, when you don't sleep at night, you know, intimacy is really the the kind of the last thing that you think Mm -hmm. about. Our intimacy suffered. Mm -hmm. For years, uh, we learned much later on. We'll be married 29 years in February. We much mm, later on. Congratulations! And that intimacy is something that we have to um, we have to plan, and we have to do. We have to make a purpose mm-hmm. to be together and to just shut down mm-hmm. for even you know because respite is pretty hard to find. We uh, you know have a right. yes, especially in adults when yes. we have adults. Yeah. Yes. And my son's been out of school. Ironically, he started every program in our area for kids with autism. But as he got to the end of his school journey, uh, the meltdowns and the behaviors and just and he started to have seizures and it just became so intense that uh, six months Mm -hmm. before graduation, I pulled him out of school. And I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a hard hit for me because we had pioneered all of those school programs and we weren't able to finish, but God, but God, God is always there, always faithful. Mm -hmm. We created a ministry at our local church for special needs families. Uh, Back in the day, our kids programs were named Joseph church and Joshua church. Mm -hmm. So we started something called Samuel church. And we would go every week and set up this big like gymnasium type room in our kids wing at our local church and set it up with bounce houses and sensory things and snacks and just anything that would get these kids to smile and Mm. to feel the love of Christ. Mm. So in our pain, we did for others and it Mm. great mix. It really is. It's so true. And I think a lot of times people overlook that, that, that a lot of times healing comes for us when we're giving back, when we're giving back, instead of sitting in our pain, using that pain to help other people. And so it sounds like that's part of the decision you made early on, that you were going to use his life and use his story to be impactful for others. Yes. And there's times that I struggle with even that because I don't want, I don't want to make something for me out of what's going on for him. So I always try to make sure that he's, he's in the forefront. He's ministered to Mm -hmm. at all times. Uh, Like I said, he left school when he was 21. He's going to be 28 in September. And we have a great program through New York State that helps us um, hire staff for respite Mm -hmm. and community have, but I'm responsible for all of that. Yeah. 
and, yeah. you know, getting a purpose for his life every day. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just continue to develop. We would have prayer night and praise nights and meetings and all kinds of different things to help other people. And I would wonder, is my son getting lost in this? But mm-hmm. all the while, God is ministering to him mm-hmm. and teaching him. You know, when they told me he would speak in Echo Layla, that he would only repeat what he heard, I started letting him listen to the word. Thank God for the donut man. Oh, and yeah, yes, the, yes, early and on. Steve that's so Green and all yeah. of those ministers that yeah. teach the word to kids in a way yeah. that they could break it down because my son does have a developmental disability Mm -hmm. as well. So he's very childlike in what he takes in and that's okay because it's clean. And I, he learned a lot of word. And when he does speak to me, a lot of times he calls me out with the word. If I get to complaining, he looks at me and he says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you will become famous and pure a child of God. I love it. So as I'm pouring, as I'm giving out, mm-hmm. God was giving to him yeah. and it's, it's continual. That's beautiful. I was love it that. Easy? No, no. Yeah. But now you see the fruit of that, you know, when he, when, when to have your son spouting scripture back to you to, to call you out, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that is beautiful. And so you said, you know, he's 28 now, he's transitioned out of school. What does his day to day look like now? His day-to-day looks basically like whatever we can give him. We do have one faithful DSP, direct service professional, who's Mm -hmm. been with us for seven years. Um, I have set up places in the community that he goes and volunteers at. He rides horses. Sometimes he goes to work with his dad. Sometimes he helps me. Um, I'm currently working with a nonprofit here in our town to build a recreation center mm. for adults with disabilities, because I feel it's so important that our individuals have a place to go and be where they don't have to, mm-hmm. and they don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. All of our programs here in upstate New York are very, they're full. Um, at this point, getting him into a full day program I don't think, I don't know that there would be success in mm-hmm. his, in his soul. Yeah. And his soul is very important. Mm-hmm. His yeah. mind, his will, and his emotions. Yeah. And we have to protect our kids and you do, you do what you, you know, you feel as the mama, what's the best placement for your child? I trust God. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I trust God. I know mm-hmm. he has a plan. He has a purpose and he has Nick. He yeah. numbered the hair on the hair on his head is numbered. He's marked out his path. There's, I believe that. I believe that with everything I have. There are days that it gets, it gets tough in saying, Mm -hmm. okay, God, what, what, what do we do with this? What now? Mm -hmm. And I just have to let him restore my soul, quiet me Mm -hmm. and know that he's, he's in charge and he's walking this out with us. And there's a reason and we'll keep, we'll continue Mm -hmm. to find it. Well, when you look at him, what is it you love about Nick? When you see your son, what is it that just lights your fire about how God created him? He's just such a beautiful, forgiving, Mm -hmm. loving, kind. When autism isn't tearing at his soul, he is the most amazing. He's just, he's just good. He's Mm -hmm. good and he's pure. He doesn't know 
hatred. Mm. He doesn't know racism. He doesn't know all the ugly things that Mm. people can be. He doesn't know those things. He knows love and forgiveness Mm. and to press on. The perseverance in that young man is amazing. He has walked through fire. I mean, I, he just, he leaves me in awe. Mm-hmm. He leaves me in awe. And I know he has a foundation in Christ that gets him through each and every day. Mm-hmm. I know he does. I know that when I can't communicate with him, God can. Absolutely. I know that when I can't speak language that he might understand, God does. Yeah. And I believe that there is a rapport there and mm-hmm. that there is a real relationship mm-hmm. there. And I'm yeah. grateful. I'm yeah. grateful for that. You know, even though, you know, my son is nonverbal and this morning uh, he loves to swing. We have a platform swing in his room. And so, I mean, it, for years, that's been our routine. Every morning he gets right up out of bed and we swing and that's kind of our time together and we pray and that's our prayer time. And this morning, he what he will do is he will do, he will, he doesn't have language, but he will say, uh, which means more or yes, or keep going. So we're praying this morning and he is just, uh, you know, he was just so into it and telling me, keep going, mom. And he was in agreement. And it, you know, I think so often people can look at our, our kids and they only see the disability. They only see the things they cannot do. And there's so much more to them. And, you know, when you're out with your son in public, what is it that you hope people see in him? Just how amazing and beautiful he is mm-hmm. and how, you know, we just, the, the world is coming out or trying to come out of two years of COVID. And we see how people have responded to COVID when their freedom was taken away, when their normalcy Mm -hmm. was taken away. Our boys have lived in a dual pandemic for their whole life, have lived in a pandemic Mm -hmm. where it's kept them, you know, maybe a little isolated. I say sanctified, but um, away from normalcy. Right. And, you know, now God has been restoring the years that the locusts ate. He's taken away that shame. You know, we go into 2 Corinthians and it tells us that we renounce those shameful ways. We get that authority back. And, you know, I walk with my head high and I have for years now. And, you know, if they see something a little peculiar, if he's whatever, oh, well, that's who he is right now. That's just who we are, yeah. And he's got every right to be everywhere everybody else mm-hmm. is. And, you know, I hope they see this beautiful young man mm-hmm. who's walking a walk and has, uh, you know, made a lot of things better for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, how have you seen in people impacted by his life? Well, I know that the Promise program that we uh, helped to begin all those years is still going and growing strong. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that, you know, the numbers with autism, I think when Nick was diagnosed, it was one in 87. Now it's one in 54. So the numbers have grown. I know that the spectrum is wider and more people fit on it. Um, But the the district, the school district program is still going strong and meeting those needs every day. And other districts have modeled uh, that those programs Mm -hmm. and, and building off of what we started. Back in the day, there's our church is two is five campuses and two of those campuses have special needs Mm -hmm. ministries. So those families are being impacted Uh, in pandemic year of 2020. I began something called Better Together, 
which is a parent support network. We're a vision and support group. Uh, we not we meet monthly to share our pain and our struggle mm-hmm. and our victories and our mm-hmm. joy. But we also are very active in our community uh, with elected officials, with anyone who will listen to the struggles and the plight to try to make things better in our agencies. Mm-hmm. We respect them. We're grateful for them. But we continue to strive for more and for better. We've held first responder trainings. Yeah, I, w- I saw that. I wanted you to talk about that because I saw that you had done um, some training with first responders, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Tell what was that like? Well, uh, one mother came to a Better Together meeting, and she said, "You know, the interactions that our kids could have with police and fire may not be good. Is there mm-hmm. something we can do?" And lo and behold, God connected me to Blue Bridge out of New Jersey. He is a retired, uh, Captain Jerry is a retired police captain who uh, has, his son has had had very serious elopement issues. Mm. So he created a whole training in how first responders uh, could better succeed with outcomes with people who are not communicative. My son has words, Mm -hmm. but he's not communicative. He can't tell you my head hurts, my stomach Mm -hmm. hurts, and he may act out. There may be a behavior that doesn't look very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so instead of law enforcement, God forbid, or a fire department responding, I'm thinking about a story when uh, many years ago, my son was in school and there was a fire drill. And back in the day, the fire drills, I don't know what they look like now, but there used to be a mechanism in the corner of the wall and the lights would flash Mm -hmm. and the siren was so loud. And my son just put his hands over his ears and he locked down and he wouldn't move. And they tried to get him out of the school for the fire drill and he became combative and ended up bruised. Mm -hmm. Both arms came home bruised. And I remember calling uh, the responsible uh, party, the law enforcement that was responsible. And I and you know, he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. And I said, I, I know that you are. And I know that you don't know, you know, how to respond to my son. Um, and maybe someday mm-hmm. there'll be a teaching. And ironically, full circle, yeah. fast forward all these years later. Um, we held two of these trainings. Now the first one received a congressional record um, with Captain Jerry. And I know that when kids elope, Captain Mm -hmm. Jerry has equipped these responders. And when they're not, when they're non-combative, when they're flailing their arms and not responding to a command, it puts a seat in their mind. There could be a reason Mm -hmm. that this is not just a violent offender that needs to be treated that way. So we're hoping that the treatment of our individuals across the board is different in hospitals. My son has had very hard experiences with dentistry mm-hmm. and I'm grateful now that we, you know, we've made some inroads and um, made a lot of progress in that area as well. Well, you know, advocacy sounds like something that you are very passionate about and, and what you've been doing his whole life. And how do we do that with grace? How have you found, you know, there's, there's when those hard situations come up and sometimes there are things we have to address, but how can we do that with grace? And how can we get um, the the services and things that our kids need without being quote unquote, that mom 
you know, the mom that's that's raging or upset. How can we get how can we do this with grace and love to, to imp, be, almost be more impactful than uh, that we, we would be otherwise? Well, before Jesus Christ was Lord in any of our lives, he was advocate. Mm. He went before the father and he went for a sinful you know, difficult people. He, he went in the way he got in the way and stood in the gap. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that he gives me the grace and he gives me the strength and the inroads. Um, because Kathy would have curled up in a ball and Mm -hmm. just been a mess. all I know it's him. I know Mm -hmm. it's all him. I know it's just me saying, yes, God, Mm -hmm. whatever you want, whatever you say, you leave. And sometimes I'm kicking and screaming. And sometimes I'm, I'm not, and I just, I'm grateful for whatever difference. If we've made a small difference, one life, one life, Jesus would Mm -hmm. have came for one. Mm -hmm. So I just want to continue to make differences. Well, you know, so often, um, you know, when we get that diagnosis and we're on this journey, raising our children with special needs, family and friends, they just kind of don't know what to do sometimes. And how have you seen people, though, come alongside your family? Have people been supportive to you, even, you know, throughout the whole journey early on now? Because, you know, things change, you know, as our kids get older, our need, their needs change. How how have you seen people just come alongside and help you on this journey as you've raised your well, son? I'm a local church girl mm-hmm. and my local church has been amazing in prayer support and listening to me and helping me sort out my battered, wounded mm-hmm. emotions. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we grieve those milestones. Absolutely. Those things, you know, we look out our window and we see our neighbors having graduation parties mm-hmm. and weddings and those things that we don't have, or we don't have yet. Yeah. We leave all things to God. We don't right. know what he's going to do. Um, but I have one, I have a sister who's come alongside of me, just warring for my son and praying for me. She's been there through all of the events and, uh, and she lives in Florida now, but she's remained close. I have great sisters in the Lord that I'm very grateful for that while they're walking out their own journey. Mm-hmm. Now I have to remember, we have to remember that people have their own. And sometimes right. when we walk through this so hard, we think, well, nobody's suffering like I am, right. or at least I do, right. you know, that, that this is just so hard, but every heart knows its own pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all just walking it out. We're all trusting God day by day, mm-hmm. but I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the mothers at Better Together that come and share openly. Mm-hmm. Now we can say things in that room that we normally wouldn't say over coffee with, right. you know, a typical a parent of a typical mm-hmm. person whose struggles are completely different. Yeah, I don't want to say less than. They're just different. different. Yeah, different, different journeys. Um, but we know, you know, we serve a miracle working God who desires generations to continue, who mm-hmm. desires restoration, whose will is good. He's a good God. And through all the pain, you know, we can look at it through the lens of what I don't have and the pain mm-hmm. or look at it through the lens of God is good. Mm-hmm. And if he's allowed this, I believe Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. all things work yeah. together for good to those that are called of God and love him and serve his purpose. 
And when we can step back from our own pain and see that, you know, you can, I can look at just the things that we've talked about in this conversation, how your son's life and because of him having the diagnosis of autism, how it has impacted untold numbers of families. You know, I can look at my life, my son and his disability and, you know, how it has impacted people all across the world. And, you know, people would look at our children and say, but they they don't have much to offer. They don't have much to give. And yet they're making such a, you know, they're, they're impacting in ways that people may never see this side of heaven. And when we can, when we can, we, we call it here, learning to see the flip side, you know, so often of like, you know, my son will never drive, but I also don't have to worry about him getting in a car wreck, you know, all learning to see things, through the way God sees them, learning to see that there is a plan and a purpose for the things that we go through in life. It makes all the difference. And it sounds like you've been doing that your whole your whole journey as a special needs mom. I'm blessed right now that you are wherever you are doing what you do. This ministry is incredible, reaching to these families. I pray that it spreads and it grows. And- Thank you because we need this. The mm-hmm. church as a whole needs the body of Christ. Our kids need the body of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, to step up and to mm-hmm. to do the work. We can't mm-hmm. leave this to agencies and states and governments. The church, you know, can do this. You know, the man on the mat had friends carry him to Jesus. Right. We need people that will carry our kids to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And thank God that we serve a savior who, if nobody's there to carry, that he'll get in the boat and he'll go yeah. to that one with mental health mm-hmm. issues and, and bring restoration yeah. and healing. And we trust him for that each and every day. Yeah. And speaking of restoration, that you know, this is our year of restoration at Rising Above. And we are looking at ways that God is bringing restoration into our lives. And so what are some things that you're doing right now, Kathy, that's allowing God to bring restoration into your life? I'm standing that he is the God of restoration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the work of Jesus Christ is all restoration and redemption. And, you know, the iconic Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Yes. He puts my soul back. He mm-hmm. renews my mind. He gets me going each and every day. And then I can get Nick going each mm-hmm. and every day. And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it's Nick that's got the God <laughs> attitude yeah. and, and gets me going. But I'm grateful that, you know, the old mindsets and the wounds mm-hmm. from the years and even the things prior to parenting mm-hmm. the child with special needs. I mean, many of us walk in wounded to begin with. Yes. And then, you know, we add on, you know, all these things that we never, like you said, imagined would be part of our daily, Mm -hmm. you know, we envisioned, you know, teddy bear picnics and the first day of kindergarten, Mm -hmm. and it looked completely, completely different. And we just know that God will do something with the pain Mm -hmm. because he said, after you've suffered a little while, I'll restore and I'll establish and I'll build. And, you know, suffering is something we don't like to talk about. Mm -hmm. We want, you know, everything right now. Yeah. Uh, We live in a kingdom that is already, but not yet fully. We know that there's a day that that trumpet's going to (laughs) blow. And as one of my pastors, Sam Luce says it best, everything sad will become untrue Mm -hmm. in that second. And 
just looking for that day of total, total restoration Mm. and being restored and renewed daily by the word of God Mm -hmm. and by staying in fellowship with strong believers. Um, My life doesn't look typical to a, and you know, I'm 55 years old. My life certainly doesn't look uh, typical to what my peers look, you know, their kids are out of the house Mm -hmm. there. They have grandchildren. I have to find the joy in the everyday mm-hmm. and the joy where it's, where it's been given to me mm. and not comparing. I think comparing is, is something that we all can shoot ourselves mm. in the yes. foot every day. If we say, well, so-and-so's child is doing this mm-hmm. or doing that. And you know what? God has a plan and he has a purpose. Every heart has pain and every heart can have joy yes. in him knowing that he's in here with us. Mm, so good. So true. And I just so much appreciate your time, Kathy, getting to know you a little bit here. I hope that we have time to connect some other time, some other way, but I do too. What a joy. And I've enjoyed getting to hear a little bit of your journey and um, just really appreciate your time. Thank you. And I'll pray for your son. And you would. what is his name? His name is John Alex, Jonathan Alexander. And we call him John Alex or J.A. So, uh, Well, God bless him. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.